Hey everybody, welcome to the Climbing Sycamores podcast, uh, where we look at today's topics to get a better view of Christianity. I'm Annie Beagie, and I'm joined by my friends Ben Sadler and Matt Harbach. And here we go. <laughs> here we go. Hey, everyone. How's everybody doing? Great. How was camping? Oh, Annie? dude, no. No, you know the answer to that. It was awesome. It was something. What I love about our staff is Annie and Pastor Bill have the same personality. Like, mm-hmm. you guys can't sit still. I'm thankful that you can sit still long enough. It is a miracle. This- <laughs> it's a miracle. But no, but here's the thing. I'm with good company. I'm in an engaging conversation. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But to just go sit somewhere, like around a campfire. Yeah. Or... I love it. I love oh. being in the woods. I love, I go, I camp by myself. That would be fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yuck. But you, you like to fish by yourself, right, Matt? Or you, I do. Yes. Yeah. You don't get bored. You like to alone with your thoughts, right? I, I do. Yeah. I think I, there's a, I, and there's a couple reasons, I think. Okay. Why is I that? I think one is like you can shut everything else out. Like you don't have to worry about work or like, emails or what where you need to be and your schedule anything like that Mm -hmm. and then sometimes it's just good to be like um because because sometimes life feels like it's kind of wandering and you don't know where you're going so sometimes it's just like i want to go to one spot and stand there and try and as hard as i can to do one thing for hours and just focusing all my energy on like one thing um very cleansing yeah cleansing that's what i that's how i feel about riding my bike yeah and that's how I feel about yoga. Like just an hour. I didn't know you yoga. Do you not know that? No. How yeah. often do you yoga? Like once a week in a class. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Hot yoga? Cold no, yoga? No, just regular old yoga. Regular yeah. old yoga. I've done that. I don't particularly enjoy it. What do you enjoy about it? Uh, it's like an hour to just reconnect my mind and my body. Yeah. Just to nice. focus on, you know, physically what I'm doing and mm-hmm. be in the present. Not what am I doing next? What do I have to do yeah. next? Just the contortions you have to, yeah. It yeah. feels good. I did it for a little bit, but it's good. Uh, yeah, okay. For me, I just want to. I love w- hard workout where I just can't think. I just where you're totally exhausted and can't breathe. That's that's fun for me. Sounds fun. <laughs> so we are continuing the sermon series. Glad you asked, and um, all the different conversations that uh, questions that have come from the congregation, the community, and we're very thankful for all of those. Uh, you know, we've talked about divorce. We've talked about, you know, do we have to keep forgiving? Is Jesus the only way to, to God? Um, what are some other ones that we've talked about? Why, why would a good God allow suffering and evil and things like that? Um, science. Uh, actually, the science question didn't really come up, I don't think. Baptism. Do you have to be baptized to mm-hmm. be saved? Today we're talking about, I think, the question right now in society, and it's the LGBTQ question. Um, is is God okay with it? Should Christians be okay with it? Do Christians need to get on board with it? How do how should Christians look at this this um, topic? And we just finished uh, kind of Pride Month. June is that how you say it? Or yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So it was. It's been kind of the forefront of our culture and society, and it's been a debate for a while. Now, what's interesting? I think it's twenty years ago. This was in the. DSM for the the book of disorders it used to be considered a disorder in our in our culture however you feel about that I'm just saying how much of a change has been where where this was once looked at as a, a issue or disorder something that you should get counseling for or something like that and now uh, I guess fully embraced I would say by culture and what I wanted to the illustration I was thinking about using and is that it seems like there's a tug of war in society, uh, and especially inside the Christian church. Tug of war in society where people are saying, "Oh, that's gross. Oh, these are people too." And there's a, regardless of Christianity, there there are people. If you just read comment sections on the, a commercial or something like that on YouTube, uh, where there's a portrayal of somebody with same sex attraction or somebody's gay, there's there's this tug of war on in the comment section. Inside the Christian church, there's kind of that tug of war. God's word says this, that this lifestyle is sinful. Uh, hey, but they were born this way, and God doesn't make mistakes. And there's kind of this back and forth tug of war. 
and my thought is the whole time in the middle, uh, there's somebody, there's a person who was born and has feelings and has a life and has dreams and goals and all those things. And they're caught in between. They're getting pulled back and forth and they can't walk on that. But if you, if we can keep the tension, I think of God's word and the love for God's people, I think you can, it's like a tightrope instead of a tug of war and that kind of tension you can walk on. So those are some of the things that, that I've thought about. Um, one up to, up to you guys on you know your opinions or your thoughts on it, and then I have a stack of books here and some things I've been reading. <laughs> yeah, you kind do. Of thinking so. What else is um, new? Could we maybe start with um, I don't know, like direct Bible references? Okay. What does the Bible actually say? Okay, very good. So that's a question for you, Ben. You have <laughs> these memorized. Yes. I think most people would go back to the very beginning and they would say, um, in the beginning, God created uh, a man and a woman. He designed them uh, to be fruitful and multiply. Uh, so it's not just... Designed mics to be spoken directly into. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about, you know, first page of the Bible, talking about a man and a woman designed um, for each other Uh you know, their bodies were designed to be made for each other, to procreate, to fill the earth, to subdue it, take care of it, uh, rule over it. And you can't necessarily do that any other way uh, to, to, I know now we have technology and things, but you're still putting together a male and a female to make new life. Um, and then I think people would look that this is an ancient, an ancient kind of uh, discussion because right away in Leviticus, you have, I think it's Leviticus 18, talking about the laws of God prohibiting same-sex acts um, in Leviticus. It also prohibited a lot of other things. Right. I'm, I'm not. Okay. I'm just. I'm just t- talking about the history of it. Right. Okay. So then, you, then somebody would say, "Oh, that's Leviticus. We don't. We don't. We don't regard Leviticus." Right. Although in Leviticus, you know, it says, "Love your neighbor as yourself." Uh, so that's where that that came from. And, and so there's lots of things. But yeah, the Levitical Code was written, um, if you kind of follow the history of it, uh, it was written by Moses on Mount Sinai, and he's giving the, the covenant for the people of Israel kind of an explanation of the Ten Commandments in deeper detail. That's what it is. And you have sacrif- sacrificial code and how they were to do the sacrifices and how they were to behave in the tabernacle and cl- uh, clean and unclean laws. But then there was also moral laws about do not murder, do not commit incest, bestiality, you know, sins against any of those kind of different things or commands against any of those things. So that's um, that's Exodus. Uh, some people go back as far as Genesis, Sodom and Gomorrah, and the, uh, the acts there of, of homosexual, basically homosexual rape. Um and then the fire coming down, but then you, you look at the book of Ezekiel, and Ezekiel kind of says that the real sin in Sodom and Gomorrah was their lack of hospitality. So that's not necessarily a clear prohib- um, prohibition. Then you get to the New Testament, and Jesus reaffirms what it says about marriage um, in Matthew 19, that what God has joined together, um, let no one separate, that God made, he says, in the beginning God made male and female and joined them together in marriage. That's Matthew 19. Uh, so Jesus just kind of reaffirms what marriage is and sexuality is. And then it's more clear, because in the Jewish community, because they had the Old Testament laws, um, they were following what it said in Leviticus. So that wasn't really, a, 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 they didn't need to necessarily talk about that again um, you know, Jesus didn't need to reaffirm what, what's in Leviticus because the Jewish community is already following what Leviticus says. When Paul started going to uh, doing mission work, and he's in places like Corinth, uh, in Rome, in Gentile areas in the Roman Empire, now you have him confronting um, kind of open homosexuality. This was something that was practiced. Also, uh, pedophilia was practiced as, as kind of an open practice. Um, they didn't really kind of have the categories we have of sexual orientation in the ancient world, like this is your identity, you are a homosexual. In many ways, it was a power struggle. Like I have, it was their their whole kind of morality was based on power. So the one I have sex with, I have power over them. So I have power over this person. I have power over my slave. And so if I, I want to show my slave that they're under me, it, you know, in authority wise, I will, I will, uh, you know, that, that, that was kind of a way of showing authority. 
But then Paul talks about that. Romans chapter 1, he's, he talks about, he confronts that. I, you know, I, you want me to read it? Sure. Pastor so, Ben's going to look, look it right. up here. So Romans chapter 1, uh, it's pretty clear. First of all, you know, Paul, he's actually, he's, he's setting the, the, the listeners up so that he's writing this letter pri- primarily to Jewish people who are becoming Christians. And he kind of sets them up saying, look at these Gentiles. And he says, the wrath of God is being revealed um, as God gave humans over. Uh, I'll, I'll read Romans 1, I'll read start verse 21. For although they knew God, so the Gentile world, even they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, their foolish hearts were hardened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. So he started worshiping creation instead of the creator, he's saying. Verse 24, Therefore God gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. So he's condemning uh, homosexual acts. That's what he's saying here. Now, he is kind of setting them up because then he's going to go now turn to the Jewish audience and say, oh, yeah, you think you're so much better than them? Don't you do any, you, do, you don't do anything different. And he'll go and say, all of us are under sin. No, none of us have figured this out um, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God is where he's leading. But he does point out uh, homosexuality as a sin. The other verse that I think is pretty clear is 1 Corinthians um, chapter 5. Um, and he talks about how... Yeah, here. So... So he talks about how they were, oh, no, I'm sorry, First Corinthians chapter 6. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that's what some of you were. Some of you were that. But you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. So this is probably the most, the clearest passage. Uh, 1 Timothy also kind of puts it, um, brings it up uh, in, the, in the beginning that the law is for those who are, have sinned. And he, he mentions homosexuality in that list. Also in the book of Revelation, um, I, forget, I think it's right at the end, it's also mentioned. But what I like about 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he says that's what some of you were. Uh, not that necessarily they stopped having same-sex attraction, but Paul must have had a really deep relationship with them, and they no longer saw that as their core identity. They no longer lived in whatever... They, they didn't live as adulterers. They didn't live as male prostitutes. They didn't live as homosexual offenders. They didn't live as thieves or greedy or drunkards. Um, I wonder, you know, those drunkards, how often they still maybe struggled with drinking, um, how often the slander struggled with lying and swindling, um, but that's what some of you were. So those are probably the clearest passages on this. Um, now you could go to the whole other set of passages like, uh, you know, love your neighbor and uh, all these other other passages uh, that that talk about loving all people, that Jesus befriending the person who's kind of caught in in something or whose unwanted desires, and you know Jesus visiting the woman at the well, and all these other other passages that you could emphasize love, and I think that's the other side of this. So does that help? Kind of the list of passages. Ye- yes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> there have been t- two main. I want to say two main uh, sort of rebuttals to that. Mm -hmm. Um, One is, I just looked him up. 
Um, George Coyne was a was a pretty high profile. Um, I want to say Anglican priest, or maybe he was Catholic. Maybe he was Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, fairly progressive um, priest, mm-hmm. and he would say that and he just died two years ago, but he would say that, um, you know, back in Jesus's time or in Roman times that like you said, there wasn't really a concept of being gay or homosexual. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and up until a few decades ago, we actually referred to those as mentally mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we didn't really know what was going on a few decades ago, how would we expect Roman culture to accurately catalog mm-hmm. that uh, anything within that um, anything within the LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. uh, domain? Mm-hmm. Um, so when they're writing about it, when they're writing, like how, how why would we expect them to really know what they were talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, and why would we ex- why would we want to use their definitions on things when they did not define things the same way or didn't define things at all? Yeah. Um, and the, then the argument that I've heard other people say and that that sort of comes out of that is, you know, God condemns unnatural relations, unnatural, unnatural relations with other women or with other men wouldn't it be equally unnatural for a person attracted to men to have sex with a woman? Mm-hmm. That would be unnatural for a gay sure. man. Sure. Um, I, I don't think I really agree with that, but I think part of the problem is the Bible, you know, you, I mean, you listed off maybe a half dozen verses mm-hmm. and there's like thousands of verses in the Bible. And, right. you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's not as clear. It's not as clear as many other things that we call sin. Right. I think um, this is the really challenging topic. You know, uh, I think I screwed this up pretty bad, I think, when I I just got out of seminary. When you get out of seminary, you're just so arrogant. You know, like... <laughs> You just you spend eight years on studying the Bible. You think you're a doctor, but you you know whatever. And there was somebody that that was a I knew who kind of came out on Facebook and and I just kind of machine gunned all the Bible passages in an email or whatever because I I don't I don't know exactly what the motive was. Like if I was afraid, I don't know. It didn't really come from a place of love, and I didn't really have the trust and was dumb because it it closed off the conversation never really had a good conversation since with this person uh didn't really know the issue so that's something that i've learned from um i guess that yeah i i think there are lots of different arguments that that kind of explain this away uh one of them was this this word is not used um arnesent kotai it's a it's the greek word that that's kind of you don't see this greek word anywhere else except it's pretty clear that paul took leviticus and he and he said men having sex with women you know or men having sex with men and he put these words together so it's not a mystery what he's talking about it's pretty clear so i i don't think when people say, well, it's not used very often or or outside of it. Well, what is the, it's two words that are put together. It's pretty clear what he's saying. Um, I'm just started. I just got this book. I haven't had really had a chance to read through it, but the book is written by Preston Sprinkle is his name. And he's a pastor and he, his, the book is called people to be loved. Why homosexuality is not just an issue. And the whole point behind this book from the little bit I've read through there is these are people. Like, let's let's do you talk to the people and you ask them what they're feeling or what they're going through. These are people. Um, he does still say, I can't see how the Bible condones this. I can't see. I can't. I can't do gymnastics with it to to find a way to make this something that God supports and encourages and is and is saying, yeah, go for it. Um, but he does 
really come down on let's talk to the people and let's work with the people. And I, I think I'm hoping that that's more of my posture now is like, I don't know, I have all the answers, but I hope that you could talk to me for the rest of your life and I could be there and walk with you and we could wrestle through these passages together and see what it looked like to be faithful to God's word and also faithful uh, to the people who are struggling or trying to figure this out. This seems like it is a sex issue. Like, I don't care who you're having sex with. I don't care. Hetero or home. I mean, personally, like, mm-hmm. I don't care. Right. Um, I don't care. You know, I just don't care. Mm-hmm. It is for me about the people. Um, and I think it's to me also is about kind of promiscuity also. I don't condone that in any, in the heterosexual culture or the homosexual culture. Mm-hmm. That is like kind of the more sense that I feel than seeking companionship, you know, from from somebody or being attracted to somebody of the same sex. To me, it's more of the the sex issue itself. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's accurate, but that's kind of the sense that I get. Mm-hmm. And I think that the you know the hypersexualized culture, you know, whether hetero or hom- or homosexual, mm-hmm. is it's that's not godly i don't think mm-hmm. so to me that is probably the biggest issue mm-hmm. um for me personally mm-hmm. and i think you know people finding their again we've talked about identity in it mm-hmm. um you know i i have gay friends yeah and my friends I, you know, when I introduce them to people, I'm not like, oh, this is my gay friend, Jack. Yeah. You know, I'm like, no, this is my friend, Jack. Right. You know, like, I don't right. need a token gay friend, right. you know. Um, and yeah. I and I like these people as people. They're my friends yeah. because right. we talk about, you know, heavy world issues and we we do butt heads sometimes and we have good conversation and mm-hmm. we have common interests. And mm-hmm. that surpasses all of that, uh, you know. I don't care who you're sleeping with. I don't care that, you know, if God, if God allowed somebody to have this attraction that, you know, that's, that's God's thing, man. That's his bag. Like, I don't know. Am I out of order? Well, I I, I guess the, the, I think that's the tug of war that people are, are on is like, oh man, I love these people. And they're just, they're my friend or my, my cousin or my brother or my, you know, that these are people that I really care about it. Classmate, uh, you know, and so, and then you, you hear the stories of, I, I don't know, this is just, I, I, this is just who I am. This is just what I think. This is just who I'm attracted to. And, and you, it's, it's harder to make these blanket statements that I think some people can make, like you're, you're, trying to go against God's word or you hate God or, you know, I think if you talk to people, there's no, I love God. I just, I don't, this is just what I feel. Um, so I, I think that's having some humility to listen to people's story and listen to what's, what's going on in their life. I, I do still think that, that God's word is not telling us Whatever you feel, give into it. You know, Jesus talked about denying yourself, picking up your cross, and following me. That this is that all of us are going to have a cross to bear. Um, this is a totally different topic, and so I'm not comparing this at all. But my question is: Is there any desire that we have that if somebody says, "This is just what I want," "This is just what I feel," would we ever tell somebody, "I don't care what you feel about that"? You can't do that. Right. No, I, I mean, I get that 100%. Yeah. 100%. Right. And so that can't be the barometer for all behavior. It's like, I, this just feels good. This just feels right. I don't have any other desire. This is my main desire. This is what is what I feel about with companionship. So um, I, I don't know if that's the healthiest barometer. Now, Here's what what another verse that I think needs to be brought up. Um, Paul talks about this. this. is also in 1 Corinthians. He says, um, What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside the church? 
So he he says, you know, it's what business of mine. He's talking about people who are swindlers and idolaters and all these different things. He's he's saying, I'm I'm writing you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother but is sexually immoral or greedy. Um, I've written you these things, not at all meaning um, that you can't associate with people of the world. If that were true, you'd have to leave the world. So, if, But if somebody calls themselves a Christian, I think then you have a different conversation. You're saying, all right, if you're a Christian, let's get into God's Word and let's see you know, what's our best way to live. If they're not a Christian, we can't we can be friends with them, and they're, he says, you know, you just have to, they're part of the world, and they're just people that we love, and you can't hold them to biblical standards because they don't believe in the Bible. And so it's not our job, like, kind of like what you were saying, like, I can't, I can't investigate everybody's sexual habits. It's just not my job. It's not my job. But if somebody, but if you saw me or heard that I was doing something that goes against God's word, I would hope that you would say, like, hey, you I absolutely would. Yeah. You, you got to confront me on that. And so I think that's interesting. I think sometimes as Christians, we hear about something going on in the world, you know, and we feel like, oh, I need to boycott that business or I need to stop. Every, you know, we're just, it's not our job to police the world's sexuality. We, we, we shouldn't assume that they're on board with, with what God's word has to say. Because what God's word has to say is hard. He says, deny yourself, pick up your cross. Um, so... Yeah, that. Yeah, what do you think, Matt? Oof. oof. Yeah, oof, oof, indeed. I know. I'm. My stomach is turning just about all of it. Yep. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna hit it from a different angle here. Let's go for it. Um. I see the 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 confluence of a a few strong prevailing ideologies. Mm-hmm. Um. One is um, American independence of self. And that you're the hero of your own story. Yeah. You can strike out and forge your own path, etc. And it's your right. It's the is your pursuit of happiness, mm-hmm. of life, liberty. Your pursuit of happiness is yeah. your pursuit of your dream. You know, we used to call it the American dream. That's really cynical now. So now it's just you. You know, go out there and make the best life for yourself, um, which is extremely selfish. We all glorify it, whether secretly or otherwise. It's extremely selfish, and it will not actually give you any happiness in the long run. But um, that's the narrative that gets pushed and that we also push. Mm-hmm. It's part of life. Um, the, other th- the, uh, the other is the glorification of sexuality and romance. Okay. Cool. Um, every romantic comedy ends with a wedding, and that is... That's the climactic victory. Yeah. Oh, you you married each other. Yeah. Of course, in this in this country, that doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. You got a fifty fifty shot of survival, <laughs> right? But no one wants to end mm-hmm. the movie with like a five years later. There's divorce <laughs> papers, like right, the, right, the end right. credit scene, the prenup, yeah, right. Um, but we we really obsess about romance, finding the perfect person, yeah. ending up with ending up with the right one because that means that you're happy we say like oh my other half my better half you complete me um (laughs) annie disagrees i feel like once we get video on a a philosophical level not a personal level when we get video for this this is going to be much more interesting if anyone (laughs) want to watch the 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 faces that are being made when someone's gone yeah um i i think that's such a huge problem yeah as if you think that your life is broken and so dragging someone else into that mess is going to make <laughs> both of you happy. I don't think so. Um, but it's, it's, those, it's, it's those two things. And then um, obviously right now people, um, I think that I think there's a combination of people just sort of feeling lost and aimless and um, they want to, people want to feel special. It's, it's the, it's the culmination of these things that that you think that you should be the hero that you can forge your own destiny and then that romance is this apex victory that you can achieve and so people are are getting really really aggressive and defensive about their identities about their sexualities and saying this is who i am this is why i'm different i don't care what you think and that's sort of a i mean and that's also sort of a backlash against um what they perceive as as decades of oppression in one way or another 
and probably a lot of that um at least at least the perception was that the church was 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 putting its thumb on people and suppressing them like that um which is which is probably true and which we still do today in some ways i think it's you know probably 50% what has been issued by the church and 50% just the perception that those people think they're better than we are and they're trying to stop us but i think it's all those it's all those factors mixing yeah. together and now there's like there's like a super hostile environment toward anyone that would try to quash any of that and a lot of it i mean just as christians you have to you have to be so careful when when we start getting into like christians are for liberty and um you know america is a christian nation and cr- any sort of christian nationalism like um you know this christian patriotism like you know the right thing to do is to give people more freedom it's like well why yeah christians are are designed to serve each other and to serve non-christians mm-hmm. they're not des- it's there's there's no part of the bible that says shoot for the stars <laughs> pursue your <laughs> chase your dreams that's what'll make you happy that doesn't exist. Yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, that's really insightful. Yeah. I'm just, as you're saying this, you're really kind of, this book uh, written by Carl Truman, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, he opens up this book saying, I think in humility, he's saying, um, how did it become a coherent statement that I'm a man trapped in a woman's body? You know, how did we get to that point where my grandfather would not have thought of that as a coherent statement? He talks about... Rousseau um, psychologized the self, then Sigmund Freud sexualized the self, and then he talks about Karl Marx, you know, kind of, and 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 um, Nietzsche kind of made that into a power play, and so now it's a power struggle. So the, my psych, being psychologically happy, Rousseau said that's the most important thing. My happiness, pursuit of happiness. And then Freud said, and, and then, then that psychology, the way to be happy is to be sexually fulfilled. And then, um, and then anyone who would get in the way of me being sexually fulfilled, that's somebody that has to be squashed. And so now we, so he kind of traces that through history and some of these big thinkers where now, if anyone would kind of bring up another side to this and say any of these things that you're saying, you know, that's, that, that's violent because you're going after the core goal to be happy and the core way to be happy is to be sexually fulfilled and that th- these these movements have have really kind of influenced the way we look at things and how did we get here and i think that was an interesting way of of getting there so you got there just because you're so insightful and that's kind of the the point of what carl yeah, i like said. to skip ahead <laughs> um a book that also has been really influential in my thought process. It was written by Rosaria Champagne Butterfield. Uh, it was called um, Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert. And Rosaria, she was a, a lesbian prof- tenured professor at Syracuse University teaching queer theory and helping kind of write um, legislation for uh, gay rights and things like that. And there was a gay pride parade, and there was some kind of conservative Christians who were kind of boycotting the parade. And she wrote kind of a, a, a editorial in the newspaper saying, you know, what's with these kind of evangelical people? Why do they care so much? Why are they stopping this parade or whatever? And she got fan mail and hate mail, and she was very organized, so she had these two different stacks of fan mail and hate mail. And then she got a letter from a Presbyterian pastor, and it wouldn't fit in either one of those baskets. And it was pastor named Ken and his wife Floyd, and they just became friends. And over two years, Rosaria had this friendship, and she came to the belief that Jesus was true, the Bible was true. She ended up leaving her tenure um, position as a professor, uh, became a Christian. She actually ended up marrying another Presbyterian pastor, started adopting children, things like that. But as she was going through this process, what I thought was most fascinating is she said to Christians, all right, I had to give up my girlfriend. What did you have to give up? And she wanted to see, like, am I the only one who has to sacrifice if I'm a Christian? 
and kind of what you were saying, Matt, that that she came to see like, oh no, every Christian has to give something up. Like it is about denying yourself. It's not just about living your best life now. And I think that's the other thing is I think Christianity has been so we've just kind of walked in step with culture that Christianity is another way to have your best life now. And so we have nothing to say on this issue because we haven't made any sacrifices ourselves. So I thought that book has been really um, another one that I, uh, Jackie Hill Perry, Gay Girl, Good God, has also written about similar topics and things like that. The, the one I, I, I love right now, I just, is Mike Novotny's Gay and God. And I've got 50 copies I'm going to give them out to, um, to people after this sermon, um, preaching in a week and a half. And I thought he did such a good job of saying, we need to hold that tension, love God's word and love God's people. And, it, and don't let yourself fall too much on one and not the other where you give up on God's word or you give up on people. you got to keep those relationships and know that there's a person and listen. So how do we properly, well, properly is not the, I don't know. How do we, how do we have that tension while supporting members of that community? Mm-hmm. You know, what does that look like? Yeah. To me, it looks like when one of my friends from that community, and see, and I hate even, I hate even that we're I, saying that. You know, that we're even saying, oh, one of my friends from that community right. or from, you know, from who, just a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When one of my friends says, yeah. oh, man, I lost my job today. OK, well, let's go get dinner. Let's, you know. Yeah. Um, it's great. You know. Yeah. But then, where, where, you know, do you draw the line when they're asking about maybe the person that they're interested in? And is this a red flag? Mm-hmm. You know, so they're asking for advice like. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. But you know what I'm saying? Don't yeah. laugh. Don't laugh. There's a question. Yeah. It's a question. So, Do you know so, what I'm saying? Right. I think that's the tension. And I think, you know, I've heard you say before, Annie, like, this is a decision I got to make. I prayed about it. I'm I'm going to get this car. I'm going to do it. Like, I think that is the walking. It was so, you look at Jesus. He walked that line all the time. You know, he was... Like, Jesus, why are you hanging out with tax collectors and prostitutes and drunkards? Like, what are you doing at that party? Like, where are you? And he would be at that party, and yet he would say, yeah, I love these people. And um, But then he would also tell them, all right, and if you want to follow me, give this up, whatever this is. So he was a master at follow, at, at, at at walking that line. And I guess I don't know... I just would pray for wisdom. And would this person identify as a Christian? Oh, the person in question? Yeah. Well, you're... I, sometimes you know, it, there's, I mean, I've got a lot of friends. Right. Um, I, but I, I guess I'm just saying like, I, that would not, if, if they're not a Christian, how are you going to, you know, hold them to God's word anyways? And so I would just pray for, opportunities to, to talk about if, if when there's trouble, when, when somebody goes through pain, um, that's when you can talk about Jesus. And that's, that's where we find our hope in, in times of loss and pain and struggle. Uh, I would, I would talk about Jesus before I would talk about, you know, the whole lifestyle. Right. So I think that's it, it's a line. It's it's walking that tension. That's that would be my my thought. So what I mean, what would you say? Well, I well I've said it. You know, like things like um, if one of my friends comes to me, no matter who they are, comes to me and says, you know, oh the person I'm seeing kind of did this thing, whatever it was. You know, and I'm like, ooh, ooh you know, mm-hmm. like that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. You know, am I condoning? Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I, again, I don't, I don't, I don't want to disregard God's word, mm-hmm. but I also am like, I don't, I don't want to say I don't care, but I kind of don't care. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the right attitude. I guess that when I think about what, sin actually is and what how God designed our world um so and and what happens when I go against 
what God's word says, you know, the, the kind of turmoil I bring into my own life when I go against God's design. Um, and then to see what he had to do to pay for that sin. Yeah, I just... Now, we see it all over the Bible. We see people, the mess that's made in the first book of the Bible, in Genesis, you know, it's one story after another, people fighting against the design of God's word, going against the grain of God of, of God's design, and they get splinters the whole way through. Um, I think there are natural consequences when we continue to walk, walk against it. Um, but how do you build, you know, it's like, how do you build trust enough with somebody to talk about some of these things if mm-hmm. you're not, you know, it's just such a, it is such a fine line. I can't, mm-hmm. you know, I can't just be like, well, we're friends, but that topic, that's off topic. You know, yeah. like I can't, you know, and there's been some things where like, you know, friends have sent me some kind of, you know, stuff. And I'm like, I'm not going there, yeah. you know, like right. when it's of a particular nature or whatever, I'm like, all right, we're not doing this. Yeah. But when it's, you know, genuine, I mean, how do you, how do you build these? I can't just be barking Jesus at him all day long. No, I'm not, but I, I think that's the line we all walk all the time. I mean, every time I turn on the TV, every time I'm hanging out and every time there's a joke, that's, that's somebody, you know, it's the same way. Like what I loved about this book, Gay and God by Mike Novotny is he, okay. He had to admit like, all the gay jokes he laughed at, you know, that and forgot that these were people, right? Right, right, you right, know, right, like, right, right, right. So that's the other line where like, oh, Christ, you know, Christians get together maybe and they they have their their sins that they don't think are real sins, you know, like whatever it is. And are we willing to also toe that line there? Like, hey, that's that's not okay. Um at least when we're talking to Christians, we have a foundation to build on. Point of reference, right? Yeah. And so no, I don't think you need to. That, that's I guess what I'm saying. You know, Peter in First Peter chapter, I think it's First Peter chapter three verse fifteen, or it's Second Peter. I think it's first. He says, "In your heart, set apart Christ as Lord." So know what you believe, mm-hmm. and always be ready to give an answer, but do it with gentleness and respect. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's really good advice. Like that doesn't mean I need to be carrying a sign around the end is near or you know, barking at things, but I think people know. And I think there's a reason people come to you asking for advice because they know that you do are, you know, that you are a Christian. Um, so yeah, I, I guess just read more about Jesus because Jesus did that. He had a way of hanging out with everybody and the people that were most offended by him were the religious people. And he had a way of doing that. So I would say just follow follow Jesus' example. And he wasn't always barking things at them either. You know, he would talk to them about, how's that working out for you? You know? So, right. so I think it's it's hard. It's really hard. And I guess that's why I've said earlier, like, I think I've screwed this up and I want to do better at this. Uh, not just with this topic, but with a lot of things. Like, I, it's just such a hard line. And I feel like it's it's unattainable. Yeah. I don't know. I really do. I, I can't quite see how. Well, I think what what the the problem we have today is we've lost the ability to accept a person without accepting everything about them. But we do, like C.S. Lewis talks about, we do that all the time with ourselves. Like there are things about me that I don't like about me, but I accept me, <laughs> you know? Right. And so... And I'm I walk around with me all the time, and I hang out with me all the time, and I'm I'm pretty okay with me. But there are some things that I really hate about me, and that's I think C.S. Lewis says that's what it's like to love your neighbor as yourself. So are there things about all of our friends that we don't like about them, or we're concerned about that, or hey, that's not the road that we we would hope them to go down, um, but we love them. We, we love them as much as we love ourselves. And I think we've, as, a, as Christians, we've probably gone way too far on loving God's word, whatever that means, at the expense of loving God's people, because that's a person that God made and God designed. So, yeah. Maybe it is unattainable, but it's, I think that's the tension that God has 
placed us in. So is there any line for anybody? Like, so you had a line, right? You said, I'm not going there. There's some things you'd say, I'm not going there. Yeah, 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 right. And so there is a line somewhere. Well, I think it's because, you know, I recognize people's need for and desire for companionship and to be with other people. And so, you know, it's one thing if you send me a crude joke or something or you say something, you know, like, and I'm like, all right, you know, come on. And it's something else entirely when I know that this is something that you're lacking and that you want, you want companionship, you want, you know, you want to be with someone like you, you want that so desperately that for me to just be like, well, I'm not going there. Right. You know? And so I think that's part of it too. And according to this, this, um, Preston Sprinkle, he's ta- he's saying that there are Christians who've come down on that side that says, you know, kind of what you were saying, Matt, that like, uh, this is unnatural for me because I have same-sex attraction, and so it would be unnatural for me to be attracted to the other sex. Um, and so that's how some Christians have come down on that, that side. Um, there is, so at the youth rally we were just at, um, I think he's fine with me using... Yeah, I think he wants as many people to hear about this, but uh, Ben Dose um, runs a ministry called Reclamation, and I think we should maybe even put this in the notes, that if you are trying to figure out, you say, I want to be faithful to God's word, and I want to figure out what companionship looks like, and I want I want all this. So he's very, very open and honest. He's like, I'm, I have same-sex attraction. I've always had it. Uh, I talked to my friends and they said it kind of goes away maybe about 75 and then not, you know, you're not thinking about every day until 80 or so. I don't know. And he talked about, he's like, so we put together this ministry, we talk about it. And I don't know if there are people in that group who are affirming and where they've, they're, they're, this is what they're, you know, they, they are gay and they don't see anything wrong with it or, and then maybe others, but they're, they're trying to figure out what you're talking about. They're discussing this. They're having open discussions. And I think it's really good, really healthy. Um, it was just really fascinating to hear his testimony and how he looks at it. And that's what, that's the side that this gentleman has come down on. And, uh, he's really sees it as a ministry. And then he said, I'm fine. That's what he kept on saying. I have a great life. I no, I'm not missing anything. That's what he would say. Um, and so I think that's what I also, as I'm preaching this, I hope I can walk with people as they maybe try to figure this out. And maybe some people say, "I'm going to embrace it. This is who I am, and this is I'm going to I'm going to get married and live this lifestyle, all that." And then there's others who say, "You know, I can't see that in the scriptures." And I hope I can walk with both, and we can keep wrestling. I don't think I was that. I don't think I was that kind of person that somebody would want to talk to before. Hopefully, I can become that kind of person. You've been quiet over there. Come on, put your put yourself out there. The way <laughs> get kicked out of the church like the rest of us. <laughs> Come on, Matt. <laughs> uh, what's the question? <laughs> I don't know. Just anything. Any thoughts in particular? Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I can go in a, a somewhat related direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that this this is this is interesting. I mean, for a while, I know people um, suspected that maybe there's they called it. I don't know. This is this is a joke now, but the gay gene. Sure. Maybe there was something in your DNA that predetermined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe you chose to be gay. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, home life trauma as a child right. would influence you and make you gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for the longest time. It, people especially christians have been trying to figure out why people are gay mm-hmm. um i think there's i think there's a i think we have a problem when it comes to trying to figure out the signs of gayness mm-hmm. um i mean the the stereo the stereotype is like is like the you know you have the guy who really likes to be in theater and do mm-hmm. musicals and he doesn't like sports but he really likes singing and that's more feminine and maybe mm-hmm. he's gay mm-hmm. and I, literally just yesterday I saw a scene from a show mm-hmm. um, 
it was clearly pro LGBTQ, mm-hmm. um, and that that comment was even made in the show mm-hmm. that um, there was this guy and he was coming out to his mom and his dad and mm-hmm. and it was revealed that that um they were like oh you know we we even maybe thought that you did we we no we're not mad you know because the the in the scene the mom's there the dad isn't and the son is really scared what his dad will think when he comes home and the mom says well you know your dad actually your dad actually thought maybe you would be gay mm-hmm. and and you know he's fine with it and why did the dad think his son might be gay mm-hmm. because he was into gay mm-hmm. guy stuff yeah oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean that's that's absurd to me mm-hmm. and 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 who does that help yeah right you know it's, stereotypes and like you, yeah can't and can't lump groups yeah. of people together people are individuals yeah mm-hmm. es- especially if you have if you have people that are confused and yeah. who don't know and you can't you can't start trying to help them along by putting them in categories that mm-hmm. you've made up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really good. Yeah. I, you know, you were mentioned the Christian trying to figure it out. I think some of these things have gone away now, which I think is good. There was a ministry out of Florida. I think it was called Exodus ministry. Have you heard about this? So it, it was a ministry that was really trying strong, like conversion therapy, it was really heavy-handed trying to get people to renounce any of that kind of stuff. And they, they said they had this big success rate, and they were you know trying to find all these signals and all that. And, um, and so if you could kind of turn back the clock or fix these, these signs or whatever, then you could make somebody heterosexual or whatever. And it's just been—it hasn't helped. It hasn't been good at all. And so that's kind of gone away. Well, and do, what was the purpose of trying to identify why, right. why gay yeah. as a way to find the solution, right. I think, right? So yeah. like, I think it is not helpful, right? you know, to right. say why is somebody, you know, because I don't think, I mean, I, I don't think we know. No, I'm, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's on God. Right. Ultimately. So I think, yeah. What I the 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 books that I continue to find helpful, I you know Mike Novotny's Gay and God, you know, and then and then People to Be Loved. I think we haven't even got into we, we've also this whole movement has lumped together transgender, bisexual, all these things that aren't they seem very different, right? Yeah. And and they seem like a very different situation. It also seems very different the men who are homosexual versus women they just all seem very different experiences and yeah i i hope as christians we can look at people as individuals created by god you know redeemed by jesus and um and god's ultimate desire is to be resurrected and renewed and made new uh and not just look at them according to these really um victim labels. You know, I just, I don't think that they, I don't think anyone wants to be under a label that, that puts them in a, a situation. I, I, and I, yeah, to see people as people who are victors and, and, and see them as humans. And you know, I think that's really important. So I agree. Um, one more thing yeah. about uh, what Annie said about um, if God, if God made them that way. Yeah. God makes us all whatever way we are and it's not up to anyone it's not up to you to fix your gay friend to fix No, I them. can't. I don't have any desire to because it's not my problem. Exactly. <laughs> I mean But it's not up it's also not up to you to stop your friend who's uh um who's a, I don't know who who steals to steal who's a, who's who embezzles or who's sexually promiscuous. Um, you have to, but you have to say, okay, God has a plan for that person mm-hmm. and he can make that weakness into a strength, but it's not up to me to fix it. Right. And I, I'm not, I'm certainly not trying to fix it. I mm-hmm. think it is just, I've been able to isolate 
or separate rather the person mm-hmm. from yeah. whatever mm-hmm. the lifestyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't think many people are doing that though. Right. Like I think that's how, know. you know, we're not separating, we're not able to see people as people, uh, as just our neighbors or our doctors or our, you know, teachers, these are people. Um, and I, I think that's something that, that needs to be said. I do think I, I still, I, I don't know how to do gymnastics on God's design and his world, you know? And, and so there's the, the experience that somebody has where they say, this is what I feel. This is who I am. This is my experience. This is what I'm going to do with my life. And then opening up to the first page of the Bible saying, and God made human beings this way and to, so that they could be fruitful and, and rule over the earth and multiply. And those seem like competing stories. And it's that's just so hard because it's like the rule that you don't want to be the rule. The other rules we're all good with. We don't want right. you to kill. We don't want right. you to, And right. we don't want you to rape and right. kidnap. Right. But why is it a rule that you can't be gay? Like, oh, I was great, just, now I have to enforce this rule. Right. Or at least I have to abide by this rule and live as though it's true. Yeah. But why is it true? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's I don't the, know I why it's true. That. Because I feel like I can say to people mm-hmm. very easily, well, keep it in your pants. Like, yeah. you know, like in, with regard to promiscuity. promiscuity. And, yeah. You know, it's like I have no problem saying things like, don't laugh. It's true. I've said it. Um <laughs> But the point is, you know, I feel comfortable saying things like that because that to me is kind of just like inherently like not good. It's not good mm-hmm. for society. Mm-hmm. It's not good. There are a lot of repercussions for that. Mm-hmm. You don't see repercussions for this lifestyle. I I don't. To me, it's a promiscuity thing. And so if it's a monogamous relationship, you don't see that. that, that. I mean, if it's... That's you where... don't, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't see what the problem is. Yeah, personally. Yeah, it's it's difficult to be like, why shouldn't we do this? Uh, all I can say is God says it's wrong. Yeah, and if you don't believe in God, I can't really point to anything else. Yeah, because I mean, if there's problems, and I believe there are probably problems. Yeah, only you know about them as the as the one or two people in that relationship. Right. And if if God designed man and women to go together and said if you if you if you um, veer from that course you're going to suffer consequences, how am I supposed to know what those consequences are? Not only that, but you've brought up in former uh, a former podcasts like, well, what about celibacy? Like that goes against, or right? I mean, like what was it that you had said a couple weeks ago? And I was uh, like, oh, well, mic drop. Well, there, there's I mean, yeah, there's there's two things. Like, yes, God designed man and women to go together but he also doesn't mandate anyone get married mm-hmm. and and he says man and women man and women are going to have kids that's how they're going to have a family but that doesn't mean the family's going to be any good mm-hmm. you know i mean right. your, your typical gay couple could adopt children they could be much more loving parents than mm-hmm. a monogamous mm-hmm. heterosexual couple mm-hmm. and their biological children mm-hmm. there could be less abuse yeah there could be better parenting n- nurturing Presence, training yeah. mm-hmm. whatever more responsibility there I, and, and again, it's like, I don't know what the, I, I, I am, I have, I believe that, that there are consequences for breaking God's law. Mm-hmm. Those right. consequences exist for the two people in that marriage or mm-hmm. in that couple, whatever. Mm-hmm. Only those people know about it. Right. Whatever those problems are, yeah. that, that there are those consequences that they are suffering. Mm-hmm. For disobeying the law of God, I can't point what those point out what those are. Right. Yeah, and I, I I think that's where I kind of land. Like I have God's word in one hand, and I have all these beautiful passages about God's love and God's forgiveness, and I want to accept them all. And so this is this is. I'm going to accept even these and I hope I can, I guess that's why I was really fascinated with, with Ben Dose and his presentation when I, when I listened to him speak this last week or two weeks ago, 
you know, that, that tension there. All right. I love God's word. I'm a Christian and I butt up against this and I, and you have to wrestle, wrestle with it. And that's what God's word says. I don't know how else to read it. You know, I don't know how else to do gymnastics on that verse. I'm just, I just keep hearing the physical element is that's what I keep hearing. So how do you, how do you, how would you understand without the physical element? I, I, you know, so, well, okay. Maybe not, uh, maybe physical and non-monogamous. So mm -hmm. poly, you know, whatever. Yeah. The physical is what God calls sin. Mm Mm-hmm. It, I don't know, it's, it's again, it's it doesn't seem clear. It's not, you know, if you had a monogamous gay marriage in which both parties were celibate, is that wrong? That, see, that's my thing. <laughs> it's like, okay, now we're in a, almost a roommate situation, a companionship mm. situation. Yeah. Two people who are very close. Yeah. Who aren't, mm-hmm. you know. Right. I think this is where I would... There has been people on both sides of this who who either have said, have embraced it and say, I'm going to get married, I'm, I'm homosexual, this is who I am. Um, and then there are those uh, other people who are in our, in our church who have, you know, been open and honest about what they've come down on and how they re- respond to this. And that's, um, you know, I'm not even going to give out all these names. They've written books on it and they've talked about it. And they said, I just, I have God's word. Um, now, they have had repercussions. Some of them, you know, one, one has HIV that I know of and, and some of these other things that they're, and you, you know, right, that's the promiscuity um, piece. It is, it is a challenge. I think this is why, this is the challenge. I don't know how to understand those verses, the teachings of Jesus. Um, I think there's been many people who have tried to, teach it a different way um it's it's in there it's in god's word and it seems to go against what his design is well and i think too so like you know premarital sex is a, right is exactly sinful mm-hmm. but you can rectify that by right. getting simply getting married right i mean i it seems like it's very unfair sure to offer no uh, what do you do with this? What do you do with this other than to just take up your cross and suffer through it? Like yeah. it just, it just really, you know, and, and obviously God knows what's going on and I have yeah. full faith in that and I, I love him and it's wonderful, but I, I just can't really understand mm-hmm. that there's no opportunity to rectify this sin or mm-hmm. this, you know, lifestyle or whatever, Yeah. other than to just, well, grin and bear it, yeah. you know? I think that's what uh that's why i appreciate ben dose's uh ministry reclamation is he's trying to wrestle with the people who are trying to figure this out um and i i think that's i'm so thankful for that and people might still come down on different sides um but you have somebody who is saying i know what this is like this is who I, this is, and this is what I've decided, and this is how I read scripture. Let's talk about this. And I'm just so thankful for, for him and what he's doing uh, because people need a place if they really want to say, I read these passages, I see what they say, how do I actually do this? And, and people like him are trying to help people walk through that. Yeah. So I don't know if I have any easy answers or uh, just the, the books that I've read and the stories that I've heard. Um, and those testimonies like Jackie Hill Perry, Rosaria Champagne Butterfield, um, and others who've said we were able to walk through this. Well, I think at the end of the day, you know, we love people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, if you're listening, we love you, Yeah. you know, like. And so does God. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. We answered everything, right? Problem solving solved. the world's problem problems <laughs> like we always do but again i just want to reiterate yeah you know if you're listening we love you you know we want to be there for you mm-hmm. um we value you yeah you know and i think that i wish that i wish that the world would see christians who are who who take that stance as opposed to some of these extremist christian you know 
I, I wish that that we could be that that Christian that is that does value that life that does value that person. Mm-hmm. You know, that's good. And you can return the love by smashing that like button, hitting subscribe, and the notification <laughs> bell. I like that. We'll nice. see you next week. All right. Very good. Bye. Job. If you'd like to get a hold of us here at the Climbing Sycamores podcast, feel free to email bsadler at victoryofthelamb.com. B-S-A-D-L-E-R at victoryofthelamb.com. If you like today's intro music, it's been brought to you by Andrew Lynch's song, My Name, Hello. Hello.